Hey people, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and we're going to be continuing our build-up to the big game. Arsenal travel up to Anfield on Easter Sunday to take on Jurgen Klopp's Reds. Can the Gunners make another big statement? Can they take another step towards the Premier League title or are they going to be surrendering control to Manchester City in the title race if the Gunners, of course, fail to pick up all three points in this one? Manchester City, of course, taking on Southampton on Saturday. Fingers crossed they drop some points there. Uh, but as I'll talk to you uh, about it in a little bit more detail later on, got some rules about how you should try and, and get through this last nine or so weeks of the season because it's, because it's going to be hell. It's going to be torture. Let's be honest. Uh, on this edition, as I say, we're going to be continuing our build-up to the big game. We're going to be reviewing Mikel Arteta's press conference, which he gave earlier today. And he dropped a very, very big hint, perhaps, about a certain William Saliba. We'll be talking about that. We'll be bringing you the latest on Bukayo Saka's fitness after he missed out on a start against Leeds United because of illness. We'll be getting into all of that, taking some of your thoughts, taking some of your questions as well on this edition of the show. Uh, don't forget to leave a like. Don't forget to subscribe. All of that stuff. I'll remind you again, of course, a little bit later on. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by the good people at NordVPN. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Good to see so many of you with us in the live chat. The sun is shining. It's a bank holiday weekend here in London, whether you're celebrating uh, Ramadan, Easter, Passover, or whether you're just enjoying the sunshine and enjoying the break. Um, wishing you all the best. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Hope you guys... Um, are mentally prepared for what we're going to go through on Sunday. Huge, huge game for the Gunners. Uh, we keep talking about it. We've been building up to it all week. We spent some time uh, looking at it from a tactical perspective yesterday. You can go back and check out that edition of the podcast. I do recommend if you're an audio listener, maybe taking that one in on video just because uh, we used a few diagrams and, and we used the tactical board uh, to demonstrate a few points. So it might just be a little bit easier to understand with those visuals in front of you. OK, so let's get into it. Mikel Arteta has been speaking to the media um, ahead of this one. Uh, first up, he was asked, obviously, about the team news uh, and William Saliba. A lot of debate and discussion as to whether William Saliba could be being kept in the wings nice and quietly for Mikel Arteta to throw him back into the mix up at Anfield. Um, but... You know, we, we've been talking a week about the likelihood of him returning and a lot of us feel and, and I've certainly felt that actually the likelihood of William Saliba not just being fit enough to be involved, but being fit enough to start away at Anfield is, is not very high. And, you know, I'd love to see him play, obviously. I've talked at length about the differences, I think, in terms of how we build up and, and how we're more vulnerable on the break and... And, and basically how Rob Holding's inclusion changes our game. And I've also said to you guys that, yes, he did well, Rob Holding, against Crystal Palace and against Leeds United. But that wasn't at Anfield. We played two sides that are in the relegation scrap, really. Um, bottom half of the table sides at home, where we dominated possession, didn't really have any real rocky patches in either of those two games. Not sustained periods of pressure against us anyway. And so, of course, Rob Holding was going to be okay in that game. But that doesn't mean that he'll be okay at Anfield. Now, 
if Rob Holding has to play, so be it. You know, we'll be behind him, we'll support him, and fingers crossed, you know, if he does play, um, you know, he'll get the opportunity to to shut a lot of people like myself up. Um, but the the idea of potentially having William Saliba back is is one that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Just the potential of him potentially being available is huge. And I didn't think there was any chance, if I'm being honest. I thought that, um, you know, this was this was a given that William Saliba wouldn't be playing. And I'm not saying he is playing, by the way. What I am saying is uh, that Mikel Arteta has dropped one hell of a hint uh, with regards to uh, William Saliba. And it's got to be about William Saliba, right? So let me tell you exactly what Mikel said. He said, there are no real changes with the rest of the players who were still injured. We have some hope, though, with one of them tomorrow. Maybe he's able to train. Who is that going to be? Now, it isn't going to be Tommy Asu because he's out for the season. It isn't going to be Mohamed Elneny because he's out for the season. So it can only be one of two players. It can only be Eddie Nketiah or William Saliba. Would Eddie Nketiah being available, given that Gabriel Jesus is back, fit and scoring goals, would that be something worthy of a tease? I don't think it would be. So for me, he's got to be talking about William Saliba. Now, listen, if William Saliba trains tomorrow, that doesn't mean that he's fit enough to start up at Anfield. And Arsenal will need to make a decision on that. And Arsenal will need to assess him. But we don't really know what the Saliba situation has been throughout the course of the week. And and the reason I say that is now because I saw an interesting tweet from Aaron Catterson-Reed. Um, I think that's the name. Apologies if I've got that wrong who does some work for football.london and he put a tweet out saying Arsenal haven't put out any training images throughout the week not even on Getty images you can't even find them on Getty images whereas which is where a lot of sort of publications go for their pictures and and for the artwork that they use um you know on the content that they put out so it got me thinking and although I don't have access to Getty images at home to be able to go through it and verify that or have a look I started to think, have Arsenal posted anything training related this week? And I couldn't find anything. What I did find just before I went live on this podcast was a video on the Arsenal website of what's been going on in training this week. A three minute video or something along those lines. No sign of William Saliba in it. But I just wonder, I just wonder, given what Mikel Arteta said, has William Saliba been training? Has he been involved this week? Has he been more involved than we were led to believe? Would Mikel Arteta tease the possibility of him, and we assume that it's him, uh, being involved if he wasn't somewhat confident in the player's ability to get himself fit in time, make himself available? I just wonder, you know, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, and yeah, you know, going through their socials, going through the club socials, no, I didn't see anything really in depth around training apart from what we've seen on the Arsenal website which I'm sure will be replicated on the social media feeds as well but yeah really really interesting that uh, Mikel Arteta was asked uh, whether um, he can enjoy the running because we've been talking a lot about how stressful it's been how difficult it's been um this is what he said. He said, we do enjoy it. We have to enjoy it. We really need to embrace the moment and go for it. The team is full of enthusiasm and positivity, and we know that we have a big challenge. 
but I see a big opportunity to go to Anfield and do something that we haven't done for many years. That's what's been driving the team in the last few days. He was asked about the corresponding fixture last season and the preparation this time. He said, for us, it's something normal. We prepare for every game in a different way and we prepare the concepts. We prepare the team mentally and we prepare this scenario that we're going to be playing for. Uh, that day, we decided uh, to train to you'll never walk alone. <laughs> um, he was also asked about um, it getting a little bit feisty on the touchline last season. Of course, uh, him and Jurgen Klopp involved in a little bit of a uh, back and forth. He said, I don't know. Um, sorry, I'm reading the wrong quote. He said, that happens in football. And after that, we hugged each other and moved on. Jürgen knows I have full respect and admiration for what he and the coaching staff have done at Liverpool. And we've moved on from that. Um, so Mikel Arteta, of course, uh, playing that down. Um, Leandro Trossard is another talking point. Will Leandro Trossard start? Uh, will he get an opportunity in the starting 11, given that he's got such a, a rich recent history of playing at Anfield. Uh, this is what Mikel Arteta had to say on Leandro Trossard's hat-trick there last season. He said, it's great to have a player that has experience of something really nice and positive from that stadium. He was crucial on that day. It was a beautiful game to watch, and that's what we need. Players with a lot of belief on that pitch that we can go there and win it. Uh, he was asked a little bit about Ben White, a little bit about Granit Xhaka in front of goal. Uh, and he was also asked about Bukayo Saka. Now, Bukayo Saka missed out on the starting 11 uh, when we took on Leeds United last weekend through illness. He did come on and play around about 25 to 30 minutes. But according to Mikel Arteta, he's over the illness. And so there's no reason that we're aware of anyway that Bukayo Saka shouldn't start the game, uh, which I think is... Um, is a real positive as well. I mean, I figured he'd be over the illness by now, but just to have that confirmed by Mikel Arteta, I think is a massive, massive boost. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this is going to play out. I mean, earlier on today, um, those of you that follow me on social media may have seen it. So um, we have finally, after a long, long time, uh, launched a proper website for the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. And I'd love you guys to go over and check it out. It's simply... The Chronicles of Um I wanted to do it ages ago. We did have one when I first launched the podcast, but I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, there wasn't content going up on there regularly. And, you know, it just kind of sat in the background. It died a slow death. And unfortunately, it picked up a load of back end issues that I just don't have the technical knowledge to be able to solve or correct. Um, and so we've created a new website. We've built a new website. Um, on which you'll be able to find the podcasts moving forward. There'll be links to the podcasts on this website. Um, it is still in progress. It is still very new. It's a very basic website at this moment in time. Uh, but what you'll also find on there are blogs, um, blog entries. And you would have seen if you follow us on YouTube in your feed that I posted in the community tab earlier on today, um, a link to an article. If you follow me on Twitter at Harry Simu or you follow the podcast at Chronicles underscore AFC, uh, you'll also find it there. I uh, published an article or a blog earlier on today called An Arsenal Fan's Guide to Coping with the Title Race. Now, last night I was sitting there at about 11 o'clock at night. I was absolutely shattered. I'd had a really, uh, really busy week up until that point. And I figured, well, I'm falling asleep here. I might as well go to bed. Might as well get an early-ish night by my standards. Uh, go lay down 
and um, and have a bit of a rest and, and sort of be refreshed for uh, the long weekend and, and all the nervousness and tension that's going to come with it. So that's what I did. And I got into bed and I, I just I just couldn't sleep. All I was thinking about was Anfield. All I was thinking about was the trip to Liverpool. And then you start to convince yourself that this is a much harder game than it probably actually is because you're overthinking it. And then what happens off the back of that, you start going down a bit of a rabbit hole thinking about all these different permutations. You know, what if Manchester City drop points here? What if Arsenal drop points there? And and you start, you know, overcomplicating things and you get to this point where you drive yourself absolutely crazy. And I couldn't sleep for hours and hours and hours. And I tweeted something last night saying I should not be laying in bed wide awake on a Thursday night thinking about a game that isn't until Sunday. This isn't healthy. And so I was thinking about what I was going to write this morning um, because I wanted to write my first blog on the website this morning. And so I came up with the idea of writing an Arsenal fans guide to coping with the title race. So I've come up with five rules, okay, which I'm going to share with you now. You can read the article as well. If you ever uh, want to go back to it, check them out. Make sure that you are following them because I do think they will help if you can adhere to them, which is obviously easier said than done. But I've come up with five rules that Arsenal fans should try and follow between now and the end of the season in order to help them cope with um, the difficulty that I think we're going to go through and, and the emotional roller coaster that we're going to be riding on over the next eight, nine weeks. So rule number one is don't dwell on past traumas. Arsenal are no longer a side with a soft underbelly. Mikel Arteta has worked incredibly hard to change the culture in North London and the club's current league position is no fluke. We're a bloody good team and we're not going to go down without a fight. The combination of having assembled a group of players that are hungry, elite level coaches and the incredible spirit and camaraderie within the camp has changed the dynamic completely. Going into Sunday's game, it would be easy to get caught up on the fact we've lost 5-1, 3-1, 3-1 and 4-0 on our last four visits to Anfield. But we're not that team anymore and neither are they. Therefore, those results that will undoubtedly be on your mind, my mind, everybody of an Arsenal persuasion's mind, I'd say right now are irrelevant. Rule number two, don't obsess over Manchester City's results. We're top, not them. And at the time of recording, we've got an eight point lead. So if anybody should be obsessing over somebody else's results, it's them. Our destiny is in our own hands. So that's where our sole focus should be. I turned up at Emirates Stadium, as I mentioned to you guys last week, not expecting that much from Liverpool when they travelled up to the Etihad. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a little bit excited when Mo Salah opened the scoring. I allowed myself to get sucked in, got my hopes up for nothing. And then when Pep Guardiola's side came back to thrash Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, I found myself having to mentally reset before we kicked off against Leeds. Don't do it to yourself, guys. It's not worth it. Rule number three, remind yourself of how far we've come. I know rule number one was don't dwell on past traumas and I stick by that. But sometimes it's important to look back, albeit briefly, in order to remind yourself of just how far this team have come in the space of 18 months. That will ground you, remind you that we have no divine right to win the Premier League this season and that if anything, we're actually ahead of schedule. In doing so, You'd be kind of preparing yourself for the disappointment we might face come the end of May. That might sound a little bit pessimistic, but I said I'd come up with rules to help us cope 
not press a magic button and erase everything that we've been through in the past decade. Rule number four, support the team with every fiber of your being. I've been a season ticket holder at Emirates since the day it opened and the atmosphere around the place has never been better. We've got the best away support in the land and do not underestimate the impact we've had on the team this season. Arteta often talks about the crowd's energy being transmitted onto the pitch and how much of a difference that can make. He highlights it at pretty much every opportunity he gets. And that, believe me, is 100% deliberate. He's constantly planting seeds that are growing in our subconscious. And those who moan and groan rather than encourage are now the minority. And that wasn't always the case. Going into this nine games, they need us more than ever. And rule number five, the final rule, enjoy the ride. I've left this one until last because it's probably the hardest one of the lot to adhere to. We can only enjoy the ride if we win the Premier League title, right? Incorrect. Every three points is another step towards achieving what was unthinkable at the start of the season. So when we win, have that beer, celebrate it with your friends, family and fellow Gooners because that is what football is all about. That's what it's all about. So those are my five rules uh, to coping with the rest of the season. I, I think they'll help. I'm going to try and stick to them as best as possible. I'll let you know how it goes. Let me know how it goes for you as well. So rule number one, don't dwell on the past traumas. Number two, don't obsess over Man City's results. Number three, remind yourself of how far we've come. Uh, number four, support the team with every fiber of your being. And number five, enjoy the ride. There you go. As Amira says in the chat, Harry Simeon's free therapy session. Hit me up if you need one. Um, <laughs> um, Ray Anderson says, everyone has ways and means of coping. Harry has set five rules, but I don't care about those rules. Uh, I cope how I feel is best. Yeah, of course. I'm not telling you, oh my, Ray, I'm not saying that you have to you have to go with this, right? This is the way I'm doing it. Um, and, and this was an article that I wrote a little bit earlier on today. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, no problem. Um, everyone will cope in the way that's best for them, uh, of course. Um, right, just a quick message before we move on. Uh, we're going to look at some of the stats and facts going into this game. We're also going to take a few of your questions uh, before we wrap up. But just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at NordVPN. Uh, Nord's virtual private network named one of Time's 2022's best inventions. Uh, you can protect your data whilst traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you when browsing the internet wherever you are in the world. You'll be able to watch sporting events, TV shows and films that aren't available in your region. You can also purchase flights, subscriptions and more at cheaper prices by logging in from other locations. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash Chronicles AFC. The link is in the description to get a huge discount off of your plan, plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So do check it out. I know a lot of you are users of NordVPN already or have used it in the past and understand full well what the benefits of having a NordVPN subscription are. Um... But I mean, just to give you an example, like a practical example, you know, when you're scrolling through Twitter and you see clips from football matches coming up from some broadcasters overseas and you want to watch them and it says this content is not available in your region. Well, if you're on a NordVPN subscription, you'll be able to select uh, where it is that you are logged in from. So you could be logged in from the States, from Barbados, from Canada, from 
uh, Jamaica, from China, wherever you want. And uh, what that does is give you access to things that are accessible on the internet in those parts of the world. Another good example of where I use it quite a bit is that, obviously, being of Greek origin, I like to uh, watch Greek TV from time to time, particularly now around Easter, Christmas. Uh, I like, you know, tuning in with all the cultural stuff that you're not going to get on BBC One if you're Greek, unfortunately. Um and, and I'm not able to access those TV channels because of the geoblock via um, on, online browsers. So what I do is I log in via my NordVPN account. I set my virtual uh, location to Greece or to Cyprus, and then I can watch whatever I want to watch. If you log in on Netflix via a, a virtual location uh, in the United States, you'll be able to access the United States inventory of programming, which is different to what we have here in the UK. So there's lots and lots of benefits, but the biggest one, Saturday, 3 p.m., I'll say it quietly, but you'll be able to find them with a NordVPN login. So uh, yeah, do check it out. It's the price of a cup of coffee per month. That is literally it. And the benefits, I'm sure you'll agree, will more than justify the cost. So protection, access uh, to things you wouldn't be able to access, whether that be streaming, flights, subscriptions, etc., etc. Uh, from different locations and uh, and it only costs uh, the price of a cup of coffee per month. So check it out and we thank NordVPN for their very kind sponsorship of the program. Okay, let's uh, let's have a little look at some of the statistics and some of the facts uh, going into this game. I love to uh, go through the Premier League website. We do it in the build-up to every single game. We didn't do it yesterday because we were focusing on the tactical side of the game, but um, we are getting closer to the fixture now. We've heard from Mikel Arteta. So now we're in a better position, I think, to be able to take on these facts and process them in the correct way, I guess. Uh, so look, head-to-head -head in the Premier League, these two clubs have met 61 times. Liverpool have the upper hand. They've won 25 of the 61 meetings. The Gunners have won 17 and there have been 19 draws between the two clubs. In recent meetings, Liverpool have won four out of the last five, but they didn't win the last one. Arsenal beat Liverpool 3-2 at Emirates Stadium back in October. Prior to that, uh, Liverpool had beaten us at the Emirates on the 16th of March 2022 uh, by two goals to nil. They beat us 4-0 at Anfield that same season. And if you go back to the season before, they won 3-0 at the Emirates and 3-1 at Anfield. So recent history is in Liverpool's favour. They've been incredibly dominant over us in recent years. Jurgen Klopp's side have been going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Manchester City side that are now hot on our heels. So they know exactly how we feel. They know exactly how tough you need to be mentally to kind of keep a juggernaut like Manchester City at bay. I'm sure they'll be wanting to um, to mess us up. I'm sure they'll be wanting to uh, kill us off in terms of, um, you know, just reducing that gap between ourselves and Manchester City because if Arsenal win it, then nobody can look at it and go, well, it was Man City with all their millions and their cheating, um, you know, while they're being looked into by the, the independent panel, etc. Whereas if Arsenal win it, it kind of makes a mockery of Liverpool, Man United, um, even Chelsea, who have spent a fortune on players, yet we've done it in a very different way and we're in the race and we're, we're leading the race at this moment in time. So there are a lot of people that... Contrary to what they'll say in public where they go, oh, you know, it'd be nice for Arsenal to win it. You know, it'd be someone different. It means Manchester City don't win it again. Take that at face value because these people 
they want to see us fail and Liverpool definitely want to see us crash and burn. Um, and they want to give their fans something to cheer about because it's been a pretty miserable season for Jurgen Klopp's men so far. If we look at the form guide in the Premier League, Arsenal have won uh, five of their last five wins over Leeds, Palace, Fulham, Bournemouth and Everton. All games you'd expect the Gunners to win, but you still have to go out and win them. And we've managed to do exactly that. Liverpool have won just two of their last five wins over Wolves and that 7-0 demolition of Manchester United at Anfield. But they were beaten at Bournemouth, at Manchester City and were recently held to a draw at Chelsea. In terms of our current league positions, they sit in eighth, we sit top. Obviously, we've won 23, they've won 12. So we've won 11 more games than Liverpool at this stage in the season. They've drawn seven, we've drawn three. They've lost nine times, we've lost just three. Average goals scored per match. Liverpool not as um, as high-flying in this particular department as they normally uh, are or have been in recent seasons under Jurgen Klopp. They're averaging 1.71 goals per match. Arsenal averaging 2.41. The Gunners uh, averaging, uh, in terms of goals conceded, under one per game. Uh, Liverpool just over one, 1.18 uh, in terms of their record. We've kept clean sheets. They've kept 11 Although according to the Premier League stats, and I'm always very wary of this particular stat, I always say this to you guys, um, Liverpool apparently create more chances per match than us. Not sure about that. Uh, in terms of goals in the Premier League, Gabriel Martinelli leads the way across these two sides. He's got 13 in the league so far this season. Saka and Salah are joint second on 12 assists. It's Bukayo Saka uh, on 10, leading the race with Salah on seven and Trossard also on seven uh, in joint second. When it comes to passes, Arsenal's two centre-halves are up there. William Saliba and Gabriel Magalhaes with Virgil van Dijk in close pursuit. He's in third. And when it comes to tackles, it's two Arsenal players at the top. Thomas Partey with 53 is in first place. Ben White in second with 49. And Fabinho is in third with 45. So those are some of the stats and the facts going into this game. Let's get a few of your questions. Uh, we've got a few more minutes. Let's take uh, some questions from the live chat. Uh, what do you want to know? What do you want to ask? How are you feeling? Even if it's just that, how are you feeling uh, going into this huge, huge game? Because um, I've seen a couple of you put in the chat squeaky bum time. It feels like it's exactly that, doesn't it? It really, really does. Uh, while you guys are getting some questions in, some thoughts in, um, I'm just going to quickly ask you to leave a like on the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. If you're listening to us on audio, uh, then please do leave us a review as well. That helps. Check out NordVPN. We thank them for their sponsorship and the offer is a really, really good one. It's only going to run for around about another week. So you probably want to get on that if it's something that interests you. Because if you're anything like me, you'll look at something and go, oh, that's good. That's decent. And you'll wait and you'll wait and you'll wait or you'll get busy and it will pass you by and then it's gone. So, um, yeah, check that out. Uh, also, check out our brand new website, uh, com. Via that website, you can access blog content. Uh, you'll be able to access the podcast as well. It is still in progress. Uh, but on top of that, uh, you'll be able to contact me directly. Uh, there is a contact me uh, bit at the bottom of the page, at the bottom of the homepage, where you can send me messages. And the reason I've set that up is because if I'm being honest with you, when I log into my social media inboxes, particularly on Twitter, which we know is is a shithole really, isn't it? Um, it tends to be full up of angry rival fans who heard me comment, uh, commenting on the radio or, or on another show about their team and didn't like it. Um, or 
spammers so i don't really go into those as much as i should um so i thought that was a great way of of you guys uh, connecting uh, with the show with the channel um and also the email address now is uh, harry at the chronicles of com. if you want to get in touch with anything any questions any queries then uh, get in touch we're going a little bit more professional on that side of things so um yeah we're moving in the right direction slowly but surely okay let's take some of your um of your questions at shayla library television will you do a player ratings after the game on the another slice platform harry absolutely we will we do it for every single premier league game and um and you'll be able to access that shortly after the full-time whistle for sure uh 100 if you're wondering what that is that is our membership platform uh, another slice.com forward slash chronicles of aguna you can sign up there and get access to additional content the link again is in the description uh what else have we got okay um Alex says, should Reese Nelson get a new contract? Now, that is in response to some of the rumours and stories doing the round this week with the potential of Reese Nelson uh, being offered the new deal. It's understood that discussions are ongoing. I think Reese Nelson should be given a new contract. I think when he's played this season, he's done okay. I think the problem for Reese Nelson is, or the two problems for Reese Nelson are these. So, first of all, I think he's better on the left than he is on the right. And we have greater competition for places on that left-hand side than we do on the right. So the pathway is somewhat blocked. But a bit like Eddie and Ketia, um, you know, if he is called upon and continues to to impress and, and you know, next season he can uh, show himself a little bit more in the cup competitions, for example, him having a new contract could be of huge benefit to us later down the line because we might be able to sell him for 15, 20 million pounds, maybe even more, just like we did with Joe Willock. Just like we did with Alex Iwobi, making sure those players' contracts were were solid in that sense. Do I think he's good enough to play week in, week out for Arsenal? I, I'm not quite there, but I think he's done well. I think he's a good impact player. I think he's a good squad player. And listen, if we do go on to win the Premier League this season, that moment against Bournemouth will go down in Arsenal folklore. So, um, yeah, look, give Reese Nelson a contract. I'm fine with that. Um but when you give a player a contract, it doesn't mean that you're going to play them every single week or that they're part of the plans in the longer term. Sometimes it can be done to protect the investment and the asset. And I think it would probably be, in my opinion, right now, 60% of it would be because we need to protect the asset that is Reese Nelson. And 40% of it would be because I believe that he's got a future uh, at the football club. Uh, Christoph Senko says, would you prefer Liverpool to play Trent or Gomez at right back? I think both of them defensively are shaky. And I think that Martinelli would run both of them ragged, to be honest with you. Um, but I'd lean towards Gomez just because um, because Trent Alexander-Arnold gives them more going forward, which means I've only got to worry about him one way, if that makes sense. Uh, Steve says, Harry, if you're feeling the pressure now, how on earth are you going to cope if it goes to the wire? Mate, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm going to put my five rules up on my fridge, I think, so I can read them every morning when I wake up. Listen, there are Arsenal fans of a certain generation that would never have experienced this, that will probably watch or listen to this show that have never experienced this, that haven't seen Arsenal uh, go to the end in a title race. I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt, seen it before. But my God, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? And because of that, I'd forgotten how nerve-wracking it can be and how stressful it can be. It's torture. It is absolute torture. There's no getting away from that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to struggle. But 
you know, if if we end up with the Premier League crown at the end of it, it'd have been worth it, wouldn't it? Uh, Moss says, what time in the game does Trossard come on uh, and end the match, Harry? Um, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Trossard started. I personally probably wouldn't start him if I was picking the team. But if Mikel Arteta decided to, I wouldn't be dead against it. He's talked about the positive experiences that Leandro Trossard has at Anfield and how that could help. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great to be able to call upon players like that because you don't even need to leave it 70, 75 minutes. You can make those changes after an hour and refresh things and, and give yourself uh, a chance of, of sort of creating like a second wave, if you like, uh, if you do see start to see that things have maybe gone a little bit flat after a positive start, etc. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure he'll play a part regardless. Um, I'm sure he'll play a part. Uh, Salah Houdin says thoughts on how to deal with the pressure that comes playing after Man City play on Saturday that that can work both ways mate so if Manchester City win then obviously it increases the pressure on Arsenal to go out and do the job at Anfield but the pressure's already there and as I said in my sort of five rules don't obsess about Manchester City's results they're the ones that need to be looking at ours with a microscope not the other way around so try and try and adopt that mindset and I think the players have to adopt that mindset. Like, forget what they do. Just focus on ourselves. Focus on what we need to do. Whether they lose, whether they win, whether they draw, whatever. Like, just go out there and do your job. Easier said than done, I know. But just imagine, and this is why I say it works both ways. Just imagine that Manchester City drop points at Southampton tomorrow evening. Just imagine the freedom that that will grant Arsenal going to Anfield. That might give them the boost that they need, the lift that they need to go out and really impose themselves. And then could you imagine Arsenal win and won there? What a big statement that would be. And it's not just about the points difference. It's about the psychological warfare here as well. If City were to drop points at Southampton, and again, I'm saying don't obsess over their results. I can't believe I'm even thinking this is a possibility and going down this rabbit hole. But just imagine what a result like that can do for you. Only look at the positive we let's look at Anfield and say we need to go and win and that's it. Forget forget everybody else. But there's an even greater incentive to win and go and open that gap even further if Manchester City were to drop points at Southampton. I don't think they will, for the record. I hope they do, but I don't think they will. But yeah, it, it works both ways. I think you've got to be laser focused. You've got to be... Um, narrow-minded in a sense and I know normally the term narrow-minded has negative connotations but you need to be able to only focus on yourself block out the noise that's why I absolutely loved Ben White's response uh, after the Leeds game the other day I thought it was fantastic I really really enjoyed that but yeah um, managing the pressure that's that's for Mikel Arteta to do but also it's for the players to manage the pressure on themselves you know and and that's what elite athletes are able to do and um a lot of these guys haven't been here before. Some of them have. The Jesuses, the Zinchenkos, the Jorginhos. And you need to pull on those guys' experience. You need to turn to them. You need to talk to them. You need to take in everything they have to say. When they tell you it's going to be all right, you've got to trust them. And um, and yeah, that's that's how you do it, I guess. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Look, it's going to be one hell of a weekend either way. It'll either be scenes of jubilation or we'll be pretty down in the dumps. But even if we do go and lose at Anfield, we just need to get back on it straight away and, and put that behind us and not dwell on it too much. 
Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Look, guys, I'm going to leave it there uh, because I need to uh, get ready. Um, heading out to a very close friends engagement party. Big Gooner as well. I love that he's done it on a Friday to make sure that it didn't clash with any Arsenal fixtures. Fantastic thinking. Um, those are the types of friends you need. Uh, but so I'm going to head off. Thank you, uh, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for all your wonderful questions. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, as always. Um, we're not going to be back tomorrow unless any major news breaks. Um, yeah, I think we're going to leave it. Uh, so we're not going to be here tomorrow uh, unless anything major breaks. Let's get our game faces on. Let's focus on Anfield. And, um, and we'll see where we are on Sunday evening. Uh, if you haven't caught up with all of the week's content, go back, check it out. There's some fantastic bits there. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. Uh, it's two weeks in the bag now of our 4.30pm Monday to Friday schedule. We've managed to stick to it. Uh, so please do check out those shows if you haven't done so already. Check out NordVPN. Check out our brand spanking new website. The link is in the description. And we'll be back very soon with more. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>